This is the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast with Andy Hill, session number 64. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thank you for joining me today, everybody. Raise your hand if you love sex and hate student loans. Oh, there's probably lots of you putting your hands up right now. If you're driving, put your hands back on the wheel. Seriously. (laughs) Today, we're chatting with Shannon McNay from Student Loan Hero and marriage and family therapist Aaron Wiley. They conducted a new research study about the correlation between student loan debt, relationships, and sex. The findings were quite revealing. We're going to dive into those results today on the show But as they say, knowledge is power. So let's get all these facts straight so we know how to improve our finances, our relationships, and our sex life. Very important, if you ask me. After our time with Shannon and Aaron, we're highlighting another Money Master of the Week. But first up, let's learn how student loan debt is affecting our relationships and what we can do about it with Shannon McNay and Aaron Wiley. Shannon and Aaron, how are you both doing? Good. Great. Thanks. Excellent. Thank you for making it here and having a really interesting conversation. Student loan debt is no fun, but uh, through your recent survey, we found out that it uh, it can be even more unfun than I, than I originally <laughs> thought. But we'll dive into that in just a second. Uh, Shannon, could you give us a little intro about yourself and tell us what you do at Student Loan Hero? Yeah, so I'm a writer at Student Loan Hero, so I'm pretty much, you know, spending my time uncovering stories like this and understanding the impact student loan debt is having on people's lives and educating people on improving their finances. Perfect. And then, Erin, can you give us a quick intro and tell us what your line of work is? Sure. Um, I'm a licensed clinical counselor. I practice in Northwest Ohio, so roughly the Toledo area, and I own a group private practice where we focus on family, marriage, kids, all sorts of stuff, um, like a general family practice. And I've got um, six other therapists that work here with me. Excellent. Very cool. Uh, here's to the Midwest, right? I'm in the Detroit area, so we're not too far away. Yahoo! Oh, we're not far at all. <laughs> Very cool. Well, let's dive into this uh, survey. Uh, Shannon, so you guys conducted the survey through Student Loan Hero. What were the, what were the general goals of that survey? So basically, this survey was inspired by another survey I'd done on the mental toll of student loan debt. And in that survey, I was trying to understand what impact student loan debt was truly having on people's lives outside of the numbers of their finances. And we had some write-in responses. And some of the write-in responses were a little shocking, like, I divorced my wife because of her debt and things like that. And we were just like, wow, that's intense. Um, so just decided to see like, well, how much of a problem is this? Is that like an outlier or is this real, is student loan debt truly standing in the way of people's love lives? So our goal was just to get the answer to that question. Excellent. Excellent. So you were able to find some pretty interesting results. I really enjoyed reading the article myself. Maybe we could go through those top four, uh, results with you individually. Does that work for you? Yeah. Excellent. So number one was, most couples work together on their student loans, which was pretty cool. So maybe we can go through a little bit of the details of that. Yeah, I decided to start with a positive. There um, you go. <laughs> I like your style. Um, yeah, so in the in the results, we asked, you know, we asked a variety of questions on this survey, which Aaron actually helped me to develop and 
help me ask non-leading questions because that's what a non-therapist would probably do um, mm-hmm. is ask leading questions. So one of the questions was, do couples, you know, help each other out on this? And 55% of the respondents actually said a partner has helped them make student loan debt payments in the past. So more than half. Um, and then another interesting thing we found is just that 39% of people currently in relationships are pulling their money into one account. So presumably, you know, the bills would be coming out of the same place and another 29% have one joint and one separate. So it seems like, you know, the majority of respondents are in some way working with their partner on managing their debt. That's good. That's good. So that is a collaborative way to get rid of it. And, you know, two, two, two people are better than one. <laughs> yes. So, um, let's see. Okay. So number two, the, this one is not so fun. I do no. <laughs> Couples report a decrease in their sex drive due to debt. Ouch. Yeah. 31% or 31.9. So basically 32% of people said that anxiety over debt does get in the way of their, their sex lives. They're actually their libido. And that's not very surprising given the results of the toll, the mental toll of student loan debt survey, because in that one, um, 64% of those respondents said they're losing sleep over their debt. 67% said they were actually having psychosomatic symptoms. So headaches, muscle tension, and stomach aches were by far the greatest things people talked about. And they also said that 74% were isolating themselves from friends and family because of their debt. So you were looking at people who are really getting impacted physically. And then you have, you know, sex drive, which is both an emotional and physical thing. And so it seems like for, you know, 31% of our respondents, that anxiety is stopping them up in that way. Yeah. Aaron, would you feel like this is just due to the shame that goes along with having debt or the, or the, or the appearance of shame uh, that people might have? I think that, but I just think there's an emotional toll that you carry around um, when you owe, I mean, you know, debt literally owing something to someone, whether it's financial or emotional. I think that that's a weight that people carry and it has a long-term effect and a daily effect. Yeah, I would add to that, too. I think, you know, we tend to think of, of sex as something that's purely physical. And, you know, we forget how much impacts everything. And it's like if you're if you're not there mentally, if you're you know losing sleep, you're not feeling well, you're not feeling anxious. Like that's the first thing that's going to go. So I think just sort of understanding that this is all connected. Yeah. Is important. Well, and typically women tend to struggle with anxiety and depression a little bit more often than men. And I think in many marriages, at least I see in my office with my patients, um, women can typically be the gatekeeper for sex. And so if they're exhausted or they're nursing a baby or they're worn out because the house is a mess and they're frustrated, um, then a couple is less likely to have sex. So women struggling with the emotional part of the debt, I think, um, shows how it impacts them as a couple. So less debt, more sex. You would hope. <laughs> That's the title. I of the just show. want to coin the gatekeeper not. for sex. That's a really great line. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not an exact correlation, but it definitely, um, it definitely helps. Yeah. Sorry, I like simplifying, simplifying, simplifying. Yeah, things. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's jump into number three. Um, a, 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 this is another little positive one. I like how you bounce back and forth here, Shannon. Uh, student loan debt isn't the biggest financial deal breaker. So let's talk through that one a little bit. Yeah, so this one might come as a surprise for people who feel like maybe they feel less attractive as a potential partner because they carry this debt. 
Um, the truth is, with our respondents, 33% of them said that it wasn't about having debt, it's about how you manage it. So a very, very small percentage said they would let it actually stop them. 21% um, said they wouldn't let it prevent them from getting serious with somebody, um, and only 24% saying an amount too high would sort of get in the way. But it seems like the majority here is that, you know, the way you handle the debt is more important. So if somebody's dealing with their own debt and thinking, you know, I shouldn't even date until I have a handle on this because no one's going to want to marry me. It's really about being confident and having a plan. Like if you literally set up a plan and you can tell somebody, yes, I have this debt, but this is how I'm tackling it. You have an opportunity not just to sort of surpass this negativity over the debt, but show them how you strategize in life. Because if you are going to marry someone and get serious, you don't even know the crazy stuff that's going to happen yeah. to you. You know, when you're buying a house mm -hmm. and you're having kids, you're, you're working, you're in your careers. That's the only thing that we can actually predict. And so we think we have control over it, but we don't. Hmm. And so, I mean, we, we can control how we handle it, but we don't know always what's going to come up. So it's really an opportunity to say, I'm going to show, yes, that I have this, but I actually know how to deal with it. And it's actually going to be much more attractive to partner to see that you know how to handle things and you know how to surpass challenges. Absolutely. Yeah. Going through, going through the challenges together. I remember speaking with, um, an author about this. Uh, one of her friends was mentioning her father wasn't going to let her, this is, that's how it starts off. Her father wasn't going to let her marry a man because he had student loans that because he thought that that's sort of a, you know, that, that would, Start starting off their marriage on the wrong foot, I guess, or 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 setting down their their family tree in the wrong in the wrong situation. But like you just said, I mean these are these are things that we can overcome. These are things. These are these aren't permanent obstacles. It's not a you know a permanent scar on you or anything like that. These these are these are uh, uh, you know things that we can get over, right? Well, and if you think about it, trying to control it to that extent, it's a little bonkers. Because are you also going to do like a health and fitness test? Are you going to check, like, should you not marry someone because they have cancer in their family? Surprise, we all do. Uh, you're not going to marry someone because, you know, are you going to see how their heart's doing? Like, they're just like, okay, fine, student loan debt is not fun for anyone who has it, but medical debt can happen, anything can happen, job loss can happen. It's just sort of, mm -hmm. I think it creates this illusion of control. And I think, you know, if you're lucky enough to fall in love with someone and meet the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, you know, why would you let something like this, you know, get in the way? Absolutely. Erin, are you seeing any of those types of situations in your practice? You know, um, we spoke about how you're from the Midwest and so am I. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's a city versus country or Midwestern thing um, or just that there's an expectation that most young people do come with student loan debt. But I haven't specifically seen couples come in and talk about student loan debt, stopping them from getting married. Um, I usually see couples though, when they're in distress. And so usually when you're dating or getting engaged, you don't see the distress until, you know, you're married a few years and probably have some kids. Um, when I see couples and they're talking about money, um, they're like Shannon kind of alluded to, they're talking more about how money is managed, not necessarily the amount of debt. Mm. And so if there's a conflict it, that I see in my office with couples about financial situations, it isn't over necessarily who has how much debt. It's how is the debt being managed and who's the saver and who's the spender and how you compromise between those two. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Student Loan Hero. They have signed on as a sponsor in 2018 and I could not be 
more delighted to partner with them because they are truly working to combat this student loan crisis that I've been yammering about for the past year and and that we're speaking about with Shannon and Aaron today. If you have student loans and you're interested in lowering your monthly payments, Student Loan Hero is for you. They hook you up by helping you refinance and consolidate both private and federal student loans. This helps you lower your monthly payments, keep more of your hard-earned money, decrease your stress, and, according to this interview today, improve your sex life. (laughs) The website's free. The advice is free. Check them out today at studentloanhero.com. That is studentloanhero.com. Let's jump back into our conversation with Shannon McNay and Aaron Wiley. You had mentioned in the article that there are other traits that are appealing outside of, you know, outside of the student loan situation, one of them being uh, properly budgeting. Yeah, more good news. Um, When we asked people, when it comes to a partner's financial health, what traits are going to be most attractive to you? 72% actually said the ability to budget properly. That's awesome. So, and the next, the next one was to have a high credit score. So that was 53%. Which is actually, that's actually fairly easy to control. Pay everything on time and you're going to have a high credit score. Um, and retirement savings is another 40%. So get that 401k in place and boom, you can get your days. <laughs> um, I think what they want to see, right, is they want to see somebody who's, you know, thinking about the future. They're not yoloing their way through life. Um, they've got some sort of plan. Again, you, you when you think about if you are going to be pragmatic about a relationship, you want to be with someone who understands how to handle life. So... Mm-hmm. That's really what that's showing. Um, and, and to Aaron's point before, unfortunately, I'm also from the Midwest, but I live in New York now. Oh, I'm from nice. Ohio. And I, I did see with some friends, not not a situation where the, their partner would leave them because of their debt, but they're just this sort of like persistent negativity over it, where it was like, well, that's your bill. Or, you know, oh, like, because you have this debt, we can't do these things. And so I think sometimes maybe it hangs over a relationship and, you know, I definitely felt weird going into a marriage with student loan debt just because my husband's parents were able to pay for his education. So I was afraid, well, how does this make me look? And um, in the end, now that I've been married for a few years, I don't even think about it because I'm like, (laughs) again, so many expenses and things come up when you're married. It's like to separate them all would be lunacy to a point. You're just like, I don't know, just deal with it, (laughs) (laughs) whatever's happening. Did you and your partner um, uh, partner up to clobber that uh, student loan debt then too? Are you still working on it? Where are you guys in that, in that process? Yeah. So it's so bad because I write about student loans. Um, I was on a hyperspeed pay it off early process, but we actually decided to go ahead and stay on my payment plan as is because we've taken a lot of other financial risks. We've moved across the country a few times. He started a company and I was the breadwinner. Um, we've just I think we just signed a, another lease after two years on this apartment. That's the longest we've ever been in one place. Yeah. So we've really been optimizing for having flexibility. And now I think we're finally going to hunker down. Um, but we have to catch up on retirement. And so I've, you know, we've decided, let the payments be what they are. We really need to make progress on our retirement savings. Yeah. But you know, it's the same thing when I told him about my debt, which was awful and terrifying. Literally, the first question he asked me was, what are you doing about it? Yeah. Which he's an engineer, I guess that shouldn't be surprising, but, uh, <laughs> and, and that was great. Like, and that's why it was cool to see that in the results because when that was what he wanted to know, I was like, oh, well I have a plan. <laughs> oh, so you don't mind that I have it. Cool. This is good to know. Well, that's good. That's good. I mean, that's how it should be. Right. And that's probably a 
big factor in you being attracted to that person when you're when you're moving together. I mean, being able to work on something together and conquer it and uh, feel like you got a partner in the whole situation. So that's great. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Well, let's get to number four. Um, student loans are, in fact, delaying major relationship milestones. So you guys, you found that in your research. Yeah. So we asked, you know, people in the in the survey who have student loan debt, we said, has your debt ever prevented any of the following milestones? And it was a multiple choice question. Um, 46% actually said starting a family. Um, another 35% said it delayed the marriage talk and another 26% said moving in. So you're looking at a majority of the major relationship goals are being delayed. But what I think is interesting about this question is we were asking if you have debt. So it seems if you compare these results here, it seems almost as if the debt is holding the borrower back more than it's holding the partner of the borrower back. Mm. It seems that they're taking to some extent, they're taking it upon themselves to say like, I can't do these things. Now, that's not to say, of course, in this question that it's not because their partner also agreed to delay these things. But we, you know, 13% of the respondents said they wouldn't go on a first date because of their student loan debt. Wow. So you're, you're looking at people who are really looking at, you know, just halting everything um, until this is under control, whatever under control means for that person. Um, so yes, it's definitely, there's no question though that for people who have student loan debt, there, there are milestones being held back. And you see it too, in general, with people that have to move back to their parents and can't get a mortgage, things like that. Yeah, I was just thinking about the delaying having children thing and mm-hmm. the fact that student loans are going to continue to increase over the next, whatever, 50 years, just the way that they're going. Like, are we not going to have any children in this country anymore or what? <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Tuition, it goes up. Student loans go up. I don't even know. I haven't heard a lot of people talk. Nobody my age is talking about a college fund for their kids. They're all talking about paying off their own student loan debt. I think they're sort of taking that like, good luck to you sort of mindset. So who knows? I mean, the next 20 years will be fascinating to see. Absolutely. Well, it's a a super revealing survey. Thank you so much for going through those details. Erin, I wanted to jump in and talk to you about maybe overcoming some of these things together. You know, obviously these are revealing uh, uh, results here, but uh, you were a part of this this research and working closely with Shannon and bringing this together, and you had worked on some ways that we could kind of overcome this student loan debt together. So maybe we could go through a couple of those things together. Is that cool with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think first there just needs to be honest dialogue about it that's non-judgmental. Um, when people are talking about hot button issues like sex or in-laws or money, um, all of a sudden our guard goes up. And if we're spending most of the conversation defending ourselves or explaining ourselves, we usually aren't as invested in listening to someone else and validating or hearing their point of view. And that's like a major communication error that everyone can learn from. But especially in this situation, if you seek to understand your partner's point of view, even as I like to say in my office to my couples, even if you think your partner's point of view is stupid, completely (laughs) ludicrous, the dumbest thing you've ever heard, you can still tell them you understand their point of view. (laughs) You don't have to agree with it. So in those kind of discussions to just be able to be really open-minded, another really great communication technique for couples when they're handling um, situations that maybe um, they think will flare up 
is to do something called a soft startup, which is basically instead of going, you know, marching in the room and going, hey, did you see the student loan bill we got? We got to talk about this. It's getting out of control. And, you know, starting an argument at a level eight out of 10, um, you go to your partner and you say, hey, I got a letter in the mail today that I want to talk to you about. What's a good time that you feel like you could be present and we could have a discussion about this because it's really important. And uh, research shows that fights will end where they begin as far as intensity. So if you can start a conflict low, you almost always will, will resolve it low. It's just the way the research shows it works. So being able to talk in a calm manner and be open-minded and hear each other is a great first step. That's great. I love that. And when you said be present, so make sure that I'm not looking at my cell phone when we have one of those conversations. <laughs> what you're saying? <laughs> totally. Absolutely. And not distracted by whatever else is going on. Sure. Yeah. Um, social media, TV, people coming and going, kids if they're around. Um, some of the big discussions of life for couples, I tell them, you know, get a bottle of wine or a couple beers and find a place like your back porch or someplace, you know, you can sit quietly and get paper and pencil out if you're having a big conversation. So you can really write down your partner's feelings and you don't get mixed up in hearing things incorrectly because your emotions are in the way you're actually just working on the facts of the situation. Yeah, that makes a lot. That make, makes a lot of sense. Well, Aaron, I know that I, I kind of caught Shannon off guard by asking <laughs> Some personal experience in dealing with student loan debt. Did you ever have any student loan debt, and how the, how did that affect your uh, your uh, your relationship um, that you have? Yeah, um, I was fortunate in undergrad. My um, parents helped, but I also put myself in a swimsuit and um, got in the Miss Ohio pageant a number of summers and won a lot of money for college. Nice way to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. Not not highly feminist of me, but it worked at the time. So um, use it for so college. It's to... not not feminist. Yeah, that's super feminist. <laughs> yeah, then. I know, right? Yeah, it was great, and it actually helped pay into grad school. But I um, I switched careers, and so when I became a counselor and went back to get my master's degree in mental health. Um, Shannon, you were talking about friends of yours not having college funds. Well, my husband and I decided to empty our children's college funds so I could go back to school, um, knowing that in time, if the um, if it paid off like we thought it would, we'd have a strong second income and then we'd be better able to help them pay their debt later. Um, so yeah, we had a college fund, but we wiped it out for my um, for my studies. <laughs> um, but yeah, right now I actually am still sitting on some student loan debt from graduate school, but similar to Shannon. Um, I could probably, I mean, I, I've got enough money in my business savings account, I could pay it off, but we're just kind of taking those payments as they come and using extra money right now um, for building uh, my practice for the business. Yeah, I mean, you, you and what is it, probably 70% of the of the country? I just heard, I read, I read some statistics about people who are having their student loans so long that they are now reaching retirement age and they are having, I think it's through their social security, they're having to have their social security garnished in order to pay down the student loans. It was like, That's oh my God, crazy. this cycle never ends. It's crazy. <laughs> well, and I have a lot of friends that are my age in their 40s, later 40s, who have teenagers that are like mine, a couple of years from approaching college and still have a student loan debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want to be able to help their kids, but they're still paying off their own student yeah. loan debt. I think it's important too. I mean, that brings up a really good point. Um, you do sue people in retirement student loan debt. We see this as student loan here all the time, writing in and asking for advice. The main thing, if you if you are making a choice like you know Aaron and I both have to stay on our plans so we can reach other financial milestones, you still have to stay on your plan. Do not 
default on your student loans. They are going, it will destroy your credit. You can't really easily get rid of them in bankruptcy. It's, it's a horrible mess of a situation and servicers aren't exactly known for being super easy to work with. So, you know, if nothing else, keep making those payments, stay on your repayment plan to ensure that you're not going to extend yeah. your debt. I know exactly when my debt will be paid off. I would prefer to pay it off sooner, but I also have to save for retirement. Like these are things like, you know, I'm in my mid thirties now. I have to think about the balance at this point, but it's not going to extend beyond that payoff date that I have because I'm staying on my plan. So if you are making decisions to do other things, make sure your plan is at the very least to stay on the plan so that you aren't dealing with losing social security to this debt, because that's just the situation that nobody wants to be in. Right. Well, I appreciate both of your time. This is a really enlightening article about the realities of student loan debt and relationships. Uh, Shannon, where can people learn more about this specific article and then maybe follow you? Um, It's all at studentloanhero.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Shannon McNay. Uh, I don't have the URL for the article handy, or no, I do. You know what? I'll put it in the show it's notes. It's really long, though. Yeah, yeah that's it's going to have a lot of da-da-da-da-da at the end, so <laughs> yeah. I'll put it in the show notes uh, so people can grab it there for sure. And then, Aaron, where can people learn more about you and uh, the great service that you're providing? Yeah, so our practice is called the Willow Center. You can find us online at willow-center.com. But individually, I do public speaking, and um, my therapy services I have under aaronwileytherapy.com. Excellent. I could tell you're a good public speaker the way you deliver on this podcast. Way to go. (laughs) Thanks. It's great to be able to share information that's useful, which is what you do. So yeah, that's a great thing. All three of us sharing useful information that helps people. Isn't this fun, man? We all get to do what we love. Look at this. We're just having fun talking about student loans and relationships. That's what we're all about here. Except for the student loans part. They can go away. The relationship part, that's the good thing. All right, cool. Well, thank you both so much for your time. I really appreciate you joining on the podcast and we'll talk soon. Oh, thanks, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Andy. Sex, relationships, and debt. It's amazing how they all tie in together like that. One of the more sobering statistics that Shannon shared was when she said that student loan debt is delaying couples from moving in together, it's delaying marriage, and even parenthood. Oh, God, that hurts my heart to hear that people are delaying some of the most important things in their life because of debt. But honestly, I totally get it. I was in student loan debt for years as well, and it felt like a giant boulder on my back. And until it was gone, until the boulder was off my back, that's all I could focus on. I felt a bit of shame bringing that into my marriage. Nicole, when we got married, was completely debt-free, and I had a lot of debt. So I get it. I get it. Um, My only thoughts on this situation would be to take major action, and that's what I did. Number one, make a plan. Number two, Find ways to make more money if you can. Number three, reduce your expenses. Number four, don't increase your lifestyle until those loans, the debt is gone. You're going to make more money. It's just inevitable, but you don't have to modify your lifestyle until the debt is gone. It's called lifestyle inflation. Avoid it and you'll be a happier person. (laughs) (laughs) I know everyone's situation is different and there is no right answer, but for the sake of your marriage, your relationships, and your sex life, let's make 2018 the year of clobbering our debt. Let's start with one small manageable task this month. Think of refinancing your loans or increasing your income or reducing your expenses to pay more on those loans. Soon enough, that big mountain of debt won't seem so difficult 
to conquer. Now it's time to announce the Money Master of the Week. Mark from Salt Lake City called in and gave us this incredible story about crushing his student loan debt. Now I won't steal his thunder. Let's let Mark take it away. Hi, my name is Mark and I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I'm just uh, calling in to tell you about paying off $180,000 worth of student loans last year. The steps that we took to get there um, really first were to make the payments as small as possible. Uh, we graduated at a time when federal loans were at 6.875% interest rates and found that it was pretty easy to get that down to less than half through third-party refi. The second thing we did is really look to increase our income and decrease expenses. So that meant asking for a raise at my job. It meant taking up productive hobbies. So we spent our free time running and biking, and we were able to monetize those a bit through buying and selling equipment. We also had other hobbies that ended up generating some income for us. And then also taking on extra work as a consultant. And then step three, and really the big one that if we had only done steps one and two, we were on a track to pay off that debt in about 10 years. But step three was that we took a big calculated risk in purchasing a home that was expensive, but incredibly uh, underpriced. We did that because we had backstopped that risk with some cash that we knew we could weather uh, a downturn if things didn't go the way we hoped. But fortunately, they did. And in four years, we were able to more than double our money um, on that home. Um, And that really allowed us to pay off all of our student loans, pay off most of the mortgage on the next house that we purchased, um, and pretty much become entirely debt-free, save for a small short-term mortgage. Uh, My recommendation through all of this is that we didn't push pause on our life as we did this work. We had more children. We went on great vacations. We celebrated. We gave with, uh, with our money as well. So that was an important piece of it. As soon as we paid this debt off, the first thing I did was take a big road trip with my family. And uh, that was pretty transformative, I'd say, that we were able to really see that as we continue the march towards uh, separating the, from the need to earn income, we'd like to do more time with family, more time teaching this stuff to others. And that's our story. You can read all about it at abrahamswallet.com. Check it out. Thanks. Mark, your story is exactly what I'm talking about today. Through all of the obstacles, you found a way to conquer your mountain of student loan debt. 180 k Oh, my Lord. Thank you for inspiring me and our listeners today. As Mark mentioned, you can learn more about his family empowering story at abrahamswallet.com. Mark, congratulations for being our Money Master of the Week. If you have a financial victory that you want to share in this show, please email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail like Mark did at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail, or you could just kind of go to the homepage and there's a little tab on the right side that says send voicemail. That'd be awesome. If you missed some of the resources and links mentioned in today's show, I've got you covered. Go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 64 to check them out in the show notes. 64 shows. That's that's a lot of shows. <laughs> Thank you to all of you who left me an iTunes review the past year. I reached my goal of 65-star iTunes reviews by the end of 2017 because of you all. Thank you. Thank you. 
If you're digging the show and you haven't left me a review, I'd really appreciate you going and checking out marriagekidsmoney.com slash iTunes and leaving me some love. That is the one best way for people to find this show. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from playwright Moliere. The greater the obstacle, the more glory in overcoming it. The best time to start is now, my friends. Carpe diem. 